What is going on, friends? Welcome back to The Common Good Show, episode three. I have a very special guest with me today. This program is brought to you guys by Maria Vision. I'm here with Father Rick. Father Rick is pretty much responsible for all of our spiritual needs here on uh, on the campus where we're at. So directing everything like that. Thank you so much for being here. Um, I know we really want to focus on the good of those little conversations today, those little moments in between people. But how are you? And thank you so much. <laughs> Doing great, Dan. Thank you for the invitation. Cool. Happy to, to be here. And yeah, just share some thoughts with you today. Cool. Thank you. So I know we had spoken before. Um, and a big part of a big part of our, our daily lives is, are those interactions with people. And you had mentioned kind of one of those, those moments of goodness, those moments of grace is really each individual conversation. Yeah. Do you want to just explore that, kind of talk about that? Sure. Yeah, I'd be happy to. Yeah, when you asked me about uh, the, the common good and, you know, where we experience goodness each day, mm -hmm. um, I couldn't help but just jump right to conversations with people, with yeah. good people that are each unique mm -hmm. and uh, each a reflection of God. You know, every, every human being is unique, as we know, right? And, and has unique gifts from God and is meant to be a, a light in mm -hmm. the world that reflects the light of God. Yeah. And I've been blessed. I've, I've been a priest going on uh, 25 years now. I've been a Franciscan brother for about 30 years. And so I've sat down with a lot of people like mm -hmm. this mm -hmm. in one-on-one, -on -one, not with a camera on it. <laughs> That's fair. You know, uh, but just in a lot of one-on-one -on -one conversations. And, and of course, as a priest, I'm, I'm so blessed that right away people treat you like family and, and completely trust you. So they just share their hearts with me uh, often and, and quickly. Yeah. And it's such a grace. I, I never take it for granted. It's such a, such a gift from God. But, you know, so, so every day, you know, I would say, uh, I go to bed at night saying, this was, a, this was a good and beautiful day. I had an encounter with someone, with someone's heart, mm -hmm. learned a little bit about their struggles and their joys and their faith life, yeah. and saw God in them as, as just a part of my daily work and daily life. Yeah. That immediately makes me think of different relationships in my life, whether it's family, friends, and that mm -hmm. sort of thing. And the more yeah. you get to know somebody, at least for me, like the stronger that connection between you two, so the more you can feel that like that love, that brotherly love, and that familial yeah. love and whatnot. I feel, how does, how does that kind of translate into those conversations that you have with people? Because like you said, and it's probably much more the case for you than it would be for me, <laughs> but you can, you can get, I like to get deep quickly in conversations. Mm. Like I, of course, there's a normal every day, like, hey, how you doing, the weather, that sort of thing. Sure. But I thoroughly enjoy it. I'd much, I'd much rather like have those conversations about real life stuff. Yeah. Um, and like you said, you get to that point much quicker than most people, um, but it probably opens a door as well to, I feel like it opens a door to, to knowing that person in a, in a much deeper way and then like being able to feel that love or, or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, that's a great, great point, great question. Um, you know, uh, I, I, can, I am spoiled, I say, I'd say in a certain way. Right now at Ave Maria University, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm on a campus where um, we have about 12 or 1300 students and they're all trying to be good people. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, 
most of them have a, have a deep faith life, a, a belief in Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. and, and so they come to me wanting to go deeper in that. So the, the conversations, yeah, it's, it's probably not like your average <laughs> no, conversation. No. Right. They do tend to go deeply quick, quickly. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, then there's, then there's the relationships that develop over the course of time. And, and that's, that's probably more the norm that two people journeying together, sharing life together, mm. you trust a little more mm -hmm. each day. Yeah. You take a little more risk and hopefully the risk is rewarded and then you take another risk like uh, like a couple that's dating and yeah. and discerning marriage right they ha they can't just jump in on their first date mm. and give here's all the deepest darkest secrets of my life <laughs> yeah can't imagine that would go too well no not on a first date <laughs> but um you know i i've 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 said one time and i and i think it's pretty true um so I, I take a vow of chastity. You know, I live celibacy as, as a Franciscan priest. And um, sometimes I think uh, celibate love uh, goes wider and married mm. love goes deeper. Mm. You know, a, as a celibate man, I am trying to love everybody right. that comes into my life. And, and, you know, that can be thousands of people. And, and yeah. the Lord does give me a grace where they feel like family right mm. away. Uh, a couple, you know, is called to to, mm. um, to really, in, in in a sense, be exclusive in their love and going deeper and deeper, getting to know each other on the soul level, yeah. the emotional level, yeah. over the course of many years, and that that is a reflection of God's love as yeah. well as what I do, trying to love many people in quick conversations. Yeah. And, you know, maybe a married couple that has a lot of long, meaningful conversations over the course of years. Yeah. It makes me think of, of Mother Teresa's quote, where she said, do like small things with great love. Yeah. And I think we all get the opportunity to do that, like every single day. Yeah. But kind of that, that, that celibate love that you're talking about where I think, and I think each of us are called to that as, as well, because like yeah. we can have that, you know, myself as, as a, as a non, member of the clergy, um, uh, hopefully, you know, we'll one day have that deeper love. But in my everyday life, that, that, that general love for, for the people around me, I think, is, is something that I'm really called to in mm -hmm. those conversations and, and in yeah. life. Yeah, Dan, I think uh, it, it stems from faith, right? If, if I bump into someone mm -hmm. and uh, I don't have God in my life or, or, or on my mind. I just I just bump into them and I move along. Yeah. With with God and with the prayer life, you start to see that it's not a whole lot of coincidence in, yeah. in life. God is leading people. The people I need to meet, mm -hmm. God will put in my life today. Mm -hmm. I, I believe that. And so uh, every 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 time we interact with someone, it could be an encounter. Mm -hmm that is potentially life-changing for both both people. Yeah. If we're looking at it like that, I'm looking at, I'm meeting you, I see the Lord in your eyes, you know, uh, you have a unique story, uh, um, a journey, maybe you have struggles, you have joys. Mm. The, the more I allow you to share that with me, the more I encounter the Creator who, who yeah. made you uniquely. And I think, so our faith life, our prayer life is going to affect those daily conversations because it, it gets us to a point where we're looking for God in other people and not just seeing it as a, you know, an inconvenience or a coincidence. Oh, I bumped into someone, he got in my way today. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and to, to that exact point, um, 
you're being completely transparent for those people watching and listening. I only met you yesterday. Yeah. Um, but I, you are a very warm-hearted um, and a very kind and well-spoken individual. And even when we were talking on the phone, your your demeanor and like in the sense of like you were you were there to just like okay, like what can I do for you? Um, is, is right there and present, and I think that reflects like a, a, a version of that love as well. Oh, so, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> what's, what's something you see, because you deal with a lot of, of college age students, people my age, what's something you probably see that's missing in a lot of conversation? Ooh, that's a great question. Hmm. We're, going, we're going right for it. Yeah, yeah I love that question. Um, so, Again, I, I've, I've been around the block a few times. I've been at <laughs> yeah. this a while. Um, I, I see, sometimes it's harder for people to see their own goodness. Mm. Uh, I, I have a lot of beautiful young men and women that want to share with me. And, you know, I, I listen to their, their journey or their struggle, and I just hear, like, wow, I'm blown away by what a good person they are, mm. by how they're trying. Mm. to you know, make the best of their lives and use the gifts they've been given. And oftentimes they don't see that. They see the, they concentrate on their falls right. and they see their weakness. And um, maybe, I don't know if it's a low self-image or maybe people haven't been affirmed enough today. Mm. But that, I would say when you, when you ask that question, generally maybe what's missing there is a, a positive view of who we are. And again, you get that more as you get older. You get more wisdom. And like, I've fallen so many times. I've made so many mistakes. And God has never given up on me. He always picks me up. Thank and you. Makes, yeah, <laughs> he makes good come out of my mistakes yeah. again and again. And so you get to a point where you're like, OK, Lord, here I am. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mess up again today. You're going to make it turn out OK. Yeah. And, and you start to be a little more at peace with your weakness, I think, as you get older. I think. And this is coming off a, um, this is kind of coming from a reflective mm -hmm. standpoint, because as you said that, I was thinking, I was like, oh, yeah, I do that. I was like, oh, shoot. <laughs> um, I think it's really easy for people, and I was speaking actually to a really good friend of mine who was talking about um, something that happened when he was about 13 years old, mm -hmm. uh, where he needed like a, a medical surgery, and it was, it was a big deal. Um, and he was kind of laughing. He's like, "Man, I guess that's." He's like, "Man, I guess that's why I like I sometimes act the way I do." And, and he's nearly thirty years old now. Mm. Um, and I sh I share that to 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 reinforce the fact that I think like, and in my own life as well, there's things that mm. when when we're faced with our own shortcomings and we're faced with our own insecurities and, and there are places where we fall short and, and that sort of stuff. It's very, in the sense of like worldly natural, it's very natural to, to then move forward like with, with that kind of like hanging over your shoulder, um, yeah. I think. Does that make sense what I'm trying to say? It makes so much sense. Um, Yes, uh, so you, I think you said 13, right? Yeah. It's, it's funny that you say that. That's, I get a lot of people that, you know, it's around that age mm. that something happens to them. Wow. And they have, uh, they keep it as a deep, dark secret that yeah. they never tell anybody. Yeah. And um, it can start to 
lower their self-image. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, as you know, as a, as a Catholic priest, I'm so blessed. We, we have the Sacrament of Reconciliation, mm. which is completely confidential and yeah. you know Catholics can go before a priest and say here's my life and here's the here's the dark stuff that I don't tell anybody and when they get it out just getting it out in the light itself is so healing because yeah. Jesus Christ is the light yeah you know the, the evil one works in the darkness mm -hmm. he, he whispers lies to us in the darkness you're no good if people ever knew this about you right everyone would abandon you, everyone would hate you. Those are the lies from, from Satan, from the evil spirit. Um, Jesus encourages us, get it out in the light, in my light, and, and I'll take it away, it'll, it'll dissipate. And, yeah. and I've, I've seen that happen in mid-conversation, especially in the sacrament of confession, the sacrament of reconciliation, wow. where we just need courage to, to look at things that maybe happened to us or mistakes we made and see you're still good. Yeah. You're still loved. Yeah. God knows this anyway and still just loves you unconditionally. Mm. And that's why I'm so blessed in, in that sacrament. That's what I try to say. Yeah. And that's what every priest is, is trying to do in the sacrament of reconciliation. Listen to what you have mm -hmm. and then tell you back, okay, God still loves you. God has not abandoned you. God is crazy about you. Yeah. you know? and, and when people hear that in one form or another, it's life-changing. Yeah. That's why it's part of why the sacrament of reconciliation is so powerful, I think. And I think there's there's an aspect where before when we, when we have those things that are deep and darker or stuff that kind of weighs over us and, and it's reflected in, in how we conversate with people and how we act, I think it's a reflection of the type of love we've known. Mm. And, and I say that because... I know in my own life, there were certainly different points when I, when I started to, to realize, as best I could, um, the depth of, of God's love for me in, in areas where, where I really messed up or I was like, in my head I was trying to do something right. But in, in like trying to figure it out on my own, I was like making all the wrong decisions and then thinking like, man, there's not a, like, I, there's no way I can fix everything I just did and this and that. And, yeah. um, but then, but then God just is like, no, like, I, yeah, I mean, yeah, it happened, but I still love you. Yeah. And, it, and he calls us back and he's like, you like, this might've happened to you. You might've done this. These are the things that might've fallen afterwards. Like, he's like, but I'm still here. Mm -hmm. And I, at least for me, that can be so, I don't know what the right word is. I don't think there is a right word for it, but mm -hmm. that just can be so yeah. life-giving. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, it, I, I agree with you. It, it goes to how we were raised, I think, and right. the experiences we've had. And you know nobody's parents are perfect, and, and some aren't even in the picture at all. Yeah. But the ones that have tried to introduce a loving, forgiving God, mm -hmm. uh, you see it in their in their children. Yeah. Um, they are a little more well-adjusted, I think, and a little uh, freer mm -hmm. uh, with even mistakes. Yeah. And, and people are well-meaning, of course, but even, even sometimes the images of God that we present to our children are, you know, God is watching. Yeah. 
Yeah. God, and he's going to punish you, you know. God is hiding behind the tree. He's going to jump out and catch you. You and, better watch you know, out. So be careful. And we, we kind of use God as a policeman yeah. for our children. And we can grow up with that image. And you, you kind of have to unlearn it as, as an adult. I, again, I'm blessed yeah. to be on a college campus. I've been, I've been doing um, campus ministry for about 14 years in three different uh, mm -hmm. universities. And this is really the age, like, you know, young adulthood, 18 to... 22, 23, we start to question how you were raised yeah. and, and hopefully take the good and leave the bad. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and maybe say, okay, my mom or dad wasn't God. <laughs> they did a lot of things that were great and they, and they, right. and they gave me some messages that weren't so great. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that's probably the task of young adulthood to sort through that and then get a clearer picture of who God really is. Right. Unconditional lover who is just so in love with you. <laughs> it makes me think of something I hear or something I heard and I, I don't recall where I heard it but it was you know I forget exactly how it went but it was something along the lines of you know a God a God you can comprehend or a God that you can you can actually fit inside of a box like that's not God. Mm, and so when and, and a lot of times like <laughs> as, as we grow and whatnot it's like we have this like you said we have this you know this notion of the type of God that God is. But if we can categorize God in any sort of like type or box, that's that's not him. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, at least for me, that's like a humble reminder that like, listen, you, I, I don't have a clue. Like, I know I know how, how God reaches out and loves me, uh, but, but I can't actually begin to fathom like the reality of the fullness. Yeah. Of, of his love for us and, and everything. And wow. You, you might be familiar with uh, St. Faustina's diary where... I haven't read it, oh, but I am familiar with it, yeah. So uh, the Lord appeared to her, a simple nun, and really wanted to communicate his mercy. Yeah. Uh, the divine mercy devotion mm -hmm. took off after that. And uh, basically, his basic point, it seems, when he's communicating to her is, you cannot even grasp how deep my mercy is. And, and we're just limited as human beings mm -hmm. because we, we try to love each other unconditionally and we fail miserably. And we yes. try to forgive everything <laughs> and we still hold a grudge here or there. God is above all that and keeps forgiving mm -hmm. and it's his delight to show mercy to his children. Yeah. So it's probably the, the journey of a lifetime you know, to try to comprehend how merciful and how mm -hmm. loving God is because it's beyond our human categories. So we're always going to, if we like the box you talked mm -hmm. about, if we say, God, I'm kind of merciful like God, you know, we've, we've missed it. Yeah, yeah. You know, our mercy is, is just um, su such a pale uh, reflection of his. And what a free, like, honestly, what a freeing feeling, at least for myself, to realize that I can't comprehend it. Yeah. Because even as you're sitting there saying, like, you know, his whole point, uh, his whole, the whole reason for, um, for, for, for being there with, uh, with St. Faustine was to try and convey that message of, like, you don't have a clue. Yeah. And I'm sitting here and I'm just like, Thank heavens, because because <laughs> we're like as good as I can think. It's still like it still needs a lot of work. Absolutely. Yeah. So thank heavens, because yeah. yeah. And I've studied theology and taught theology and prayed for years, and I, I'm still clueless with a lot of this stuff. So, <laughs> what is what is one 
And like you, like you said, it's probably the biggest thing is is people being unable or struggling to see the goodness and like in what they're trying to do. What's what's one thing that you would encourage somebody who who has struggled with seeing that that goodness? Because I know it is it's so much easier to focus on on the shortcomings and whatnot, mm. but. In general, through, through all the conversations you've had, has there been like one central thing that you find like really resonates with most people as far as like mm -hmm. making it over that, mm -hmm. that little hurdle? Yeah. Um, I think the two things are prayer mm -hmm. and friendship. You know, um, again, conversation where you, you have the courage to, to risk a little more yeah. and share a little more. It, it, when you find the right person or a close friend mm -hmm. or again someone you may want to marry and a journey in that direction, um, you start to share more and more and and it's it's risky because you could get rejected at any moment mm -hmm. and that's why it usually takes time but I think, uh, I think a good spiritual friendship uh, I believe it was Mother Teresa said that, you know, true friendship is wanting heaven for the other person. Uh, yeah. And and when you have a relationship like that, that's a that's treasure. Hold on to mm -hmm. that, and and you can share more and more with that person. And as long as they want heaven for you, they want God for you. They're they're going to try yeah. know, to to imitate God's forgiveness and acceptance. And the other the other part of that is certainly prayer. Um, I, I've gotten to a point where I, I can't go a day without prayer uh, because I don't like who I am. It's a good spot. <laughs> well, the first part of that's a good spot to be. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't like who I am without the Lord. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. know, once I, if I don't have time for Jesus, then all the cranky parts of me come back right away, come back, you know, and I get aggravated easily. And, uh, and so, and then I start to dislike things about myself. Nah. Uh, it's just... I don't know why we were built like that, but it seems like that's how my morning starts if I don't run to Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I start off with problems, problems with me, problems with the world. Uh, so I try to pray first thing in the morning, and, and in prayer, uh, the Lord reminds me, I've got this. Yeah. The world has been around for centuries before you existed and will, will continue beyond your existence. It's not all about you. Yeah. Your personal problems, I've gotten you through them all. Yeah for these many years and I'll get you through the rest. Uh, I think prayer, especially in the morning, um, is kind of the secret yeah. to, to just being at peace with, with who we are and to starting to see more and more mm. the blessings of who we are instead of the, the drawbacks. I think prayer is a conversation with God. Mm -hmm. Do you have, just to bring it back to conversation, mm -hmm. when you pray in the morning, do you say a specific set of prayers? Do you, do you journal? Do you like just kind of open-ended conversation? What type of, what type of conversation yeah. with God kind of starts your day? Wow. Yes. Uh, so, again, as a priest or, or a religious uh, brother, I'm a, I'm a Franciscan. We're part of a religious community. We usually live with a few other um, priests or religious, mm -hmm. and we come together a couple of times a day for prayer. Mm -hmm. So the, the set prayer that we use uh, is called the, the Liturgy of the Hours, mm -hmm. and um, a lot of people are familiar with it, a little book called the Breviary that has the Psalms in it, the mm -hmm. 150 Psalms are, are in there, and some different scripture readings. 
So uh, priests and religious will always start the day with uh, the Liturgy of the Hours with morning prayer. It takes about 15 minutes to, to read the different scriptures. Uh, what's great about that, uh, those 150 Psalms, Jesus himself prayed them. Yeah. The same, same prayer, so he started his day with, with the Psalms as well. And of course they go back even further. Um, from that though, I, I try to do meditation. I, I try to give the first hour of the day to the Lord. So about 15 minutes of it will be morning prayer from the Liturgy of the Hours. I love to go to little chapels, uh, especially where there's adoration, where the Blessed Sacrament is opened up and you can kneel or just be before the Lord who's present fully in the Eucharist and um, you know, just enter into silence, contemplating the amazing God of the universe who made everything and has all the power that we could possibly imagine and more, mm -hmm. has made himself present in this tiny wafer of bread that has been consecrated and changed yeah. into his body and blood. That's mind-blowing and worth yeah. a little... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Worth a little pondering every day. Mm -hmm. So I try to do some adoration of, of the Blessed Sacrament every day and uh, I'll pray the rosary. That's another powerful prayer. No. That one's probably about 20 minutes or so that, that involves looking at the mysteries of Jesus through the eyes of his mother. No. You know, one of the best ways to appreciate Jesus is to look at, imagine his mother holding him as a baby. Imagine his mother at the foot of the cross in tears as her son is, is torn apart on the cross. You know, we relive the story of Jesus through the eyes of Mary and I think grow in compassion and love by seeing him through a mother's heart, which yeah. is what the rosary is all about. Yeah. You mentioned Mary, obviously, the mother of Christ. In what way is conversation with, without divulging anything, <laughs> yeah. um, in what way is conversation with somebody who has a strong family background and a strong family unit mm. different than when you speak with somebody who hasn't had that support at home? Mm. Yeah. Because I think that's one of those things that affects, like, affects our lives in a lot of way, but especially our relationship with other people, so. Okay. Yeah, similar to what we were just talking about uh, where your parents' image of God is the first image you're going to see in it, and it may not be 100% accurate. Yeah. Uh, same with Mary, I, I think. Uh, how we have related to our moms yeah. probably leads to an openness or a lack of openness for Mary in our lives, because she's a mom. That's the role that God has given her mm. at the foot of the cross, right? Jesus said to his beloved disciple, um, this, this is your mother now, and mother, this is your son. And, and we believe as the Catholic interpretation of that scripture yeah. is we're all the beloved disciple. Yeah. That's why John doesn't put his name in the story. Mm. It's, it's empty, it's open for us to put our names in. Mm. So at the cross, we are the beloved disciple who's given Mary, and then the disciple takes her into his home, into his heart. That's, that can be hard for people to do if they haven't had um, maybe a loving mother in, in their lives and understand yeah. that Mary takes nothing from you. Yeah. She just wants to give. She wants to hold us like a mom does and carry us to Jesus. 
which is another problem in some Christian interpretations <laughs> that try to set Mary and Jesus up as rivals. And they say, oh, you can't worship Mary. You're supposed to worship Jesus. And of course, we know the Catholic interpretation is absolutely right. We don't worship, we don't Mary. worship Mary. But we pray with her and we let her carry us to Jesus. Yeah. And that's, I think, the role God has given her for our lives. I like to, one of the, one of the ways I like to like when I'm talking with someone who's either some sort of Protestant denomination or whatnot, um, is I'm like, hey, well, you ask your pastor to pray for you, right? And they're like, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I was like, we asked Jesus's mom. Like, <laughs> yes. it's the same. It's the same thing. We just, we just ask her. Exactly. Yeah. It helps. Helps to have extra people praying for you. So, <laughs> yeah. one, the beautiful thing that I think about conversation. Because, and, and the question I have for everyone before, before we come on this show is, you know, what is that one common thing in your daily life that for most people, you know, might just seem like part of every day, nothing super outstanding, but for you it's a moment when you can really experience God's love and that grace and the, and the fullness of life. And I think the beautiful thing about, at first, when you, when you said conversation, I was like, yeah, absolutely, but didn't really like think any deeper than that. But conversation itself is is a means to an end like mm. we can't and I know for myself this happened a while for for many years and I was like pursuing different career paths and whatnot but I think we can get caught up in like how am I gonna help people how am I gonna be better today how like I want to have a positive impact on people and so we're always searching for some sort of tool some sort of like avenue to get that done but we can overlook the common things like normal conversation, the person you see for 20 seconds as you, as you wait behind a door or whatnot, mm -hmm. we can miss out on the opportunity there. And we can, we can miss out on just how, just how much of a gift any encounter is in any little interaction. So much is saying, there's a story that I, I have playing in my mind, um, but it's, it's the thought of like, uh, and, and I don't know where this comes from, okay. um, but it's the thought of like kind of the butterfly effect of like, you really have no idea who's watching and listening. And so this, in, in my mind, it's this image of like this, this little boy up in his room staring out the window, uh, like in the middle of the night. Yeah. And, um, and he's, he's up there, he's had a really bad night, but he's crying, his parents like were, weren't getting along. And so he's there, he can't sleep. And out along the road is this lady or gentleman who's, who's running at like one or two o'clock in the morning. And, <laughs> and they are not having a good time. Like uh -huh. they are struggling and they, don't, they didn't want to go. And yeah. um, you know, for them, the, the person running the conversation in their mind was like, oh, I don't want to, but they don't want to run during the day because they're, they're like, they're a little self-conscious. So like, I'll just go run at night. And so yeah. they're out there maybe trying to get like half a mile struggling through it. Um, and they look up and they see the little boy in the window and they just kind of like smile and wave and and they just just keep going um, and the person running was like man I look like garbage like <laughs> probably just like really embarrassed that somebody saw them yeah. um, but that simple gesture of acknowledging the boy in the window and smiling and waving mm. might have been enough for him to just like to relax him after everything that happened at home and to go to sleep that night. And because he went to sleep that night, he got up in a little bit better mood. And because he got up in a better mood, he was nicer to some friends <laughs> on the bus. And like, and you yeah. really have no idea. But 
but my mind just kind of goes there where like every single tiny thing. Everything matters. Yeah. And, and whether it's whether it's verbal communication mm. or if it's just when somebody's speaking or if somebody seems like you're in a rush, like when people are running by, like making an effort to get out of the way, be like, yeah, like trying to yeah. make some life a little easier for them. Mm -hmm. Wow, it's a beautiful story, it's a great image. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. <laughs> I think like it's just it's it's been there for years. Can I use it in a homily? By all means, please, <laughs> please. I'd be I'd be honored. Um, so yeah, yeah. constantly look, looking for images and stories to to communicate this. By stuff all means, from. please. But um, yeah, I, maybe it has to do with letting the person who's coming to you set the agenda. Mm. I, I think. You know, we're talking about the, the prayer I do in the morning, and, you know, I, I think a good prayer in the morning is, Lord, open my eyes and my ears and my heart to whomever I meet today. Okay. And let them set the agenda. So if someone comes into your life and they're having a great day, you, you smile and you celebrate it with them. And that's, mm. that's where the conversation goes. And, and maybe you get it to a place where you praise God together. Yeah. If someone comes into your life and they're in tears, you know, and they're hurting and they're having a rough day, you know, you don't have a, a preset agenda for them, right? But you meet them where they're at. You know, compassion is is, is suffering with. That's what the word compassion means in Latin, right? Like you try to you try to suffer with. You try to enter into another person's pain, mm -hmm. and and maybe. Like you picture Simon helping Jesus carry his cross. Maybe you're, you're Simon that day. Maybe you have to put your arm around the person and help them carry their burden because they're feeling like it's just so overwhelming. And just you being there yeah. and extending an arm, the burden gets a little lighter. Okay. Uh, but either way, uh, you know, I, again, I think my, my prayer in the morning, and I encourage anybody listening to, to pray in the morning, <laughs> because uh, again, if I, if I skip that, I'm going to miss those moments. Yeah. You know, someone's going to be upset and I'll just walk by because I have stuff to do. Right. Or someone has a, a joy to celebrate and I have too many things on my plate. Mm -hmm. uh, I miss the encounter because I haven't prayed and slowed down and given the day to God early on and, and say, bless the encounters that I'm going to have. Open my eyes and my ears so that I can be what's needed for whoever you send to me. Yeah. And being what's needed, I think, is... There's a silent aspect of conversation too, yeah. mm -hmm. where a lot of times the most important thing you can do is nothing. Don't say anything. Don't. Yes. Just, just be there, kind of like you were saying, um, a vessel to receive whatever it is that they're bringing. Let them yeah. guide the conversation, mm -hmm. and just, just, just be there. Yeah. Because there's so many. Again, well, I don't know if we mentioned this already, but. We have no idea what what people are going through. Sure. There's there's a term for it. I don't know the term. It's like a psychology term, but it's the sudden realization that everyone around you is living just as a complex life as you. Wow. Which I think a lot of times yeah. when we're I say self-absorbed, not in the not in like a yeah. conniving way. Um, but a lot of times when we're absorbed in the things that are concern only us, and we're focusing again, we're too busy or whatnot we can forget that Peter, or whoever is right next to me, has just as many things on his plate. He's yeah. thinking about just as many, like his family, all of it. Um, 
and a, a willing a willing soul who just wants to listen to him could be all he needs yeah um, you know I, I heard a story one time about someone a young person who was um, contemplating suicide and uh, was just gonna go through the the day and kind of say goodbye to classmates and, and things like that in, in school and um, I don't remember the details of it specifically, but something happened um, and maybe it was like dropping books or something and, and someone came along and, and picked them up and cleaned them off and walked with him a little bit. And he said later that act of kindness made him not go through with the suicide. And yeah, that's, that's yeah. such a reality. We do not know how heavy the burden is that people are carrying and, and want, you know, just as an act of, of meanness can push them in one direction, an act of kindness can, can take them in the other. And you mentioned, you know, being, a, being vessels, right? Uh, I think to, to, to tie it back to the conversation with God and prayer, when we, when we fill up our vessels with God mm. in the morning with prayer, mm. uh, you know, going to mass or, or whatever it is, we can go out into the world and overflow with goodness. Yeah. And when we skip prayer, then we're an empty vessel yeah. and we're going and we're looking to take. Yeah. And, and it's all self-centered, self-absorbed, what's in it for me? Are you gonna help me today? Because if not, I have no time for you. Right. You know? And that's, that's a danger to just go through life in this self-absorbed way, taking. Yeah. And I think the way out of it is, is prayer. That let the Lord fill us up and then we have something to give. So, something that I love that has been really Building off of that, that has been really like, I don't know if it's a focal point, but it's been a really big centerpiece in the past couple of weeks of my life is the reminder that, um, and I'll, I'll repeat this to myself just, just to like stay on yeah. top of it, but it's in giving we receive, mm. in pardoning we are pardoned, and in dying we are born to eternal life. And I think it's the sense of, from a worldview, if you spend all your time giving, forgiving, and dying, you're not setting yourself up for the the biggest paycheck and like in the <laughs> wins, um, but we're not after that. Like yeah. the goal, the goal is is fullness of life. Is that real? Like, I don't know how to explain it, but I've been lucky enough at certain points in my life to feel that way. When you're yeah. like, when you really feel the fullness of life and like God's grace, and you're like, holy cow! Like, yeah. what's going on right now? But it's one of those things where the path to get there is not the one you would anticipate. Right. Where it's like in making time to give to people, whether that's lending an ear, helping out, just sitting there, like being present with them, that's when we get the most. And it's not like we get something, it's not like, you know, we finish a conversation, I'm like, oh, thank you so yeah, much, yeah. here's, you know, $5 and walk away. No, like it's, right. we, we get something that fills that vessel. That, that's something that we, you can't put a, a price tag on our finger on something intangible. You can't even, most of the time you can't even see it. Mm -hmm. um, but that's what we get. And forgiving people, it's not like, it's not like all of a sudden everything, like there's, there's consequences to all of our actions, good and bad. Yeah. And it's not like when we, when we forgive someone or pardon someone as, as best we can yeah. <laughs> um, for something that like all of a sudden everything disappears. Like, oh, it never happened. Like, no, but 
it does kind of, at least I've experienced this in my life, it puts our heart in a position where we can more easily forgive ourselves. Yeah. Bringing it all the way back around to what we're talking about, how you said a lot of times that's what you see people struggling with. Yeah. Um, and, and, a, and a practical solution to that is forgive others. Mm-hmm. Like if you, if, if you find that, that struggle, like really make an effort to, to forgive others. And then the, the dying and born to eternal life, I, I love so much. And again, bringing back to what we talked about, mm-hmm. you're talking about like couples who are contemplating marriage. It's the, the beauty and, and that love that continues to grow. It grows as you get deeper. Mm-hmm. But you get deeper when you let go of the things that you're holding onto yeah. so that you can be there for the other person. And so it's like, in, in, and it doesn't have to be as serious as, as marriage, but like even in this conversation with you, if I came with, and that's kind of one of the reasons I don't have a list of questions. I know, and I know <laughs> yeah. it's like really good for, for certain interviews, like absolutely, and, and everyone's a little different. Um, but that's part of the reason that like when, when we were, when the team and I were kind of trying to build us, figuring out what we wanted it to mm-hmm. be like, we were like, we don't want to do a set of questions because I'm, I'm kind of coming in then with, uh, the conversation would flow, but I'm like, oh, I want to hit all these marks. Right. Um, whereas something like this, it's, I really like, this isn't, this isn't my conversation by any means. Yeah. Uh, this is, we're giving this entire thing to the Lord and this is, yeah. this is just an opportunity for you and me to be together. Yeah. And so my, my sole job is to, is to let go of, of, of everything that like I came into this thinking and mm-hmm. really just be like so what is it that like really really pour into your life and, and that, that good side of things and so in, in dying to that aspect of like of course like I, I hope and pray that this reaches and changes hundreds of thousands if not millions of lives absolutely and I'd yeah. love to see it grow but I, 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 let, I gotta let go of all that because mm-hmm. it's not like that's not the point it would be great if that happens, right. but that's not the point. And so in letting go of all those, those little other things like, and, and dying in that way, in that small way, it opens up the, the fullness of this conversation, allows it to really blossom yeah. into like, into something that really the, the Holy Spirit can only guide. Cause, yeah, because yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I'm not going to make anything happen. <laughs> well, I think this show is going to be a big success. If you um, guys <laughs> hold you. on to that, because that's beautiful. That's, yeah, you're doing exactly what we need to do in life. You're giving it to the Holy Spirit. So, you know, you do your preparation, yeah. you have a little yeah. pre-conversation, but this, you know, neither of us have, have planned where this was going to go. No. <laughs> and, and the Holy Spirit is free to take it. Yeah. You know, we, we, say, we say a prayer, we pray it ahead of time, we, mm. we give it over to God. And, and that is a really good model for life you know, have some plan for the day, but then let God really dictate what happens that day. Yeah, because I think there's there's definitely a side of, of giving it to God that's debilitating, where people are like, oh, I gave it to God, and then they just kind of sit there. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. you still got to do something. You like, you, something. Can't, you can't just... Now, it's living in faith, right? Yeah. We got to actually... Um, but, but then there's that side of like, 
opening it up for, right. for, for God and the Holy Spirit to work. Where, where you've got to, I think it's different for everyone. I'm certainly still working on finding mm-hmm. that balance. Sure. But yeah, 100%. And I appreciate, Dan, that you um, quoted one of our more famous Franciscan prayers. So thank you very much for that. Absolutely. Um, because, uh, you know, the Franciscan tradition, I follow St. Francis of Assisi, mm-hmm. and we've got some beautiful prayers. And that's, that's probably the most popular one, um, you know, where, where, and, and those lines about dying to eternal life in giving we receive. Mm. And I think people, once you try that, it happens. Yeah. And then it can become a lifestyle. Then you can see, oh, that's how I'm supposed to live my it's life. It's really confusing at first, too, because you're like, you realize, at least for me, it was like, you realize after the fact, like, oh, shoot, <laughs> oh, wait. That's falling into place. This is wait. Hold on. How's how's this all working out? You know, like the only thing I did was stop trying to do stuff, and all of a sudden yeah. it's working. Yeah, it's counterintuitive. It, it is. It's very, <laughs> but it works. How do I live by dying? You know, and how do mm. I solve my problem by forgetting my problem and helping someone else with theirs? Really? What about yeah. my problem? Uh, but yet the Lord. That's how the Lord operates. And yeah. He just makes amazing things happen to the extent that we do forget ourselves and die to ourselves and, and live to serve others. And that's the secret of any saint. You, you, you look at St. Francis, St. Mm-hmm. Mother Teresa, St. Faustina, the ones we've been mentioning. That's what they learned. I have a limited number of years, a limited number of days on this earth. Mm-hmm. Let me spend them helping people. And, and then you encounter Christ. Mother, Mother Teresa uh, said you know, so beautifully that the, the person in the street dying in Calcutta mm-hmm. is Jesus Christ waiting to be loved in the distressing disguise yeah. of the poorest of the poor. That was one of the, that's what came to her in prayer. That was one of her lines, you know. That's not just a, a person, that's, that's Christ disguised, mm-hmm. waiting to be loved. And she didn't heal a lot of people, mm-hmm. but she picked them up out of the streets and brought them to a bed and, and bathed their wounds and loved them and prayed with them and, and brought a priest in to give them the sacraments and help them die with dignity. What a beautiful life. When, when that sinks in, that that's what we should be doing, that is you know, a, a profound example of forgetting self, dying to self to live for others. I saw something yesterday, actually, and I don't remember where it was, but it was talking about Mother Teresa and her, I forget the name of her actual organization. The Missionaries of Charity? Yes, thank you. Um, And how she was like, it was never, it was never the goal to feed, you know, 100 million people or to to help heal 100 million people. Um, It's like, my sole goal was to love them as, as, as small and perfectly as I could. that's resulted in, in a, a beautiful transformation of lives and a lot of people being fed and that sort of thing. Um, mm-hmm. But but the whole point of that is to, like you said, that's that's Christ just waiting yeah. for love in this form. And for and for those people like watching and listening that that aren't necessarily you know super religious, there's um, something that I've heard that I think resonates perfectly with this. Um, and oftentimes I'll hear, like in, in counseling sessions, or like, cause I'll, I'll see stuff on like YouTube or Instagram where people are talking about this. Um, and like people often ask for love in the most unloving way. 
Hmm. So like when somebody's really hurting or really in need, um, it comes across in a way that like you don't you wouldn't think or anticipate or see. Um, and sometimes sometimes that's you know people lashing out or sometimes that's like people doing things that are really hurtful. But it's not it's not they're not doing it because they want to hurt. They're doing it because like they're just, just reaching out for some sort of like mm. love some somebody to care mm-hmm. um and i think like you mentioned you know the child who's starving laying on the street is that exact same thing yeah. except it's not like it's not necessarily people reaching out for love it very much is that child yeah. reaching out for love um but it's christ trying to like unite us all in in his love mm. and it, it comes in the form that you're least likely to anticipate, mm-hmm. but it's there, and he's like, "I'm right here." Mm-hmm. And by engaging in that, it adds it adds not only to to their life, and and to to our life, but it adds just like it. It makes me think of like how you ever notice how on like Easter and Christmas Day. The world just seems a little happier, like like all together. <laughs> yeah. And and I think there's a big part of that where like, you know, God's present in every single moment, and, and the Holy Spirit's there in each one of us. Um, and on those holidays, like, it's really brought up, and you can experience it whether you're religious or not. Yeah. Um, but I think in the same sense, how like, there's everyone gets lifted when, when even. 10,000 more people, like you know, the Cheesters, the Christmas yeah. and Easter ones. Um, <laughs> yeah. even, even on those days when, when people just, just for a day uh-huh. pour into God, the entire world feels better. Mm-hmm. And so in a moment like with that child engaging, and whether, whether it's that example or whether it's somebody who you're walking by and you know, they drop all their stuff on the floor and you're like, I gotta run, I gotta go, but you yeah. stop to help them. Right. You're not only helping you know, it does, it does help like our own lives. It does like add yeah. value, but of course you're not only helping them and yourself, but I think it lifts, it lifts everyone. Mm-hmm. Like there's no, there's no spirit, like the, um, the Christmas movie with like the Santa Claus meter yeah. or whatever. There's no like spiritual meter for the world. Um, <laughs> but I think those little moments, if there were, mm-hmm. it bumps it up just a little higher. Yeah. And it adds to like that collective, I mean, we're all children Changing of God and we're all, Exactly. Yeah. A little at a time. Yeah. Uh, that's beautiful, Dan. I, you know, it's, it, you're tapping into uh, kind of the heart of what we're trying to do at Ave Maria University, too, mm. because we are trying to form the whole person and, and help. We, we just had a, you know, welcoming to the new freshmen mm-hmm. and talked about how um, it was Pope Benedict who said, you know, a university uh, is supposed to form a person uh, for the world and a Catholic university is supposed to make saints. Yeah. And so we, you know, I've been super blessed again to be here at, at Ave Maria because we're, we're talking about that from day one. So we have, um, we have the Mother Teresa project, which is uh, an attempt to get all our 1200 students to do ministry, yeah. to, to get out there and, and help. And, you know, we're blessed to have a very poor town right next to us, Immokalee, where there's a lot of, uh, a lot of people in need. Yeah. And so we, we try to get our students uh, empowered and equipped to go and be with the elderly mm-hmm. or the children or, or the poor. 
all through the Mother Teresa project, we also send them to uh, Brazil and Uganda and Calcutta mm -hmm. for a week-long mission trip mm -hmm. to to have that encounter where, for a week, they have to forget themselves. Yeah, you know, they have to try to to help others, and. Uh, you know, it's the the goal of that trip is not just that week. It's what hopefully they come back mm -hmm. with uh, a practical knowledge of how in in giving they have received, and they make it more uh, of a lifestyle. Yeah. And and as I as I told you earlier, we um, well with COVID, uh, a lot of people had to pull back on yeah. the sacraments. We added more. So. Uh, <laughs> So when we had to space people out, we just had more masses. So yeah, we have three, yeah, we have three daily masses on campus, and we have five on the weekends, which is the numbers went up. So we could spread people out yeah. and still give them the sacraments. Mm -hmm. You know, of course, now the challenge is, as, as I told you, we're trying to build a new chapel yeah. on campus, and we need some money for that. We need some benefactors to kind of come forward and, and support that project. But it's a good problem to have. We have so many young people that want to go to mass that yeah. we need to build a bigger space and they want to go on mission trips but they need benefactors to support that as well where so so two things one what an incredible problem to have <laughs> I know, right? what because <laughs> i grew up going to to catholic schools and then non-catholic schools and, and international schools and so all over the place the whole the whole plethora and yeah. the, the whole charade um but I don't think I've ever been, I've ever experienced a situation where it's like, man, we don't have enough. It was usually like, I know. this is kind of empty in yeah, here. Right. <laughs> but never had a problem where, you know, we, we didn't have that space, which is it's just incredible in and it of is. itself. It and second, where can people, like, if people want to help support that, where can they go? Oh, so, um, so I'm Ave at Ave Maria University um, here in, in Florida, mm -hmm. and um, I guess through, I didn't think of that offhand, I would have had a, a, no, you're good. something for you, but I guess through um, our website you can contact um, development okay. um, or the Mother Teresa Project um, or just me personally, Father Rick Martinetti. Mm -hmm. um, the director of campus ministry. It, it, that would be great if anybody watching wants to contribute to our, our new chapel project or yeah. our mission trips. Um, you could contact me and I can point them in, in the right direction. Beautiful. I think we're, we're running out of time here, so I'll, I think that's a, a perfect place to stop. Do you want to say a prayer for us real quick? I would. That would be great. Then. Please. Thanks. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Uh, Lord God, I just want to thank you for this beautiful time and this conversation and pray for us and for all those that are watching or listening that we be open to conversations, open to encountering you in the people that we will meet today and in the days ahead. You are part of everything. Just open our eyes and our ears and our hearts to see you waiting to be loved in the other, to listen to you as those that we encounter share their story with us. Praise and thank you for the saints who have been a beautiful example to us and for our own call to be saints. May we live that fully and just surrender to your grace, leading us to holiness and to joy. God, send your blessing on all those watching, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Thanks, Father. Thanks, This was great.